When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Pickup truck or a Lamborghini. I am pleased you have chosen to tune into Inside Sports tonight. Man, what a weekend. The NHL draft. I think it finished. Man, oh man. Saturday. What a pace that was. Oh my. I thought it would never end. But we got the draft picks in the books Six selections for the Oilers. We'll dive into that a bit tonight. I want to talk about what they did in the first round because that was a very interesting decision. And uh, Mike Smith is back for two years. He signs a new contract, two years, $2.2 million. We knew that was happening, but the Oilers finally officially announced it Saturday morning. Bob Stoffer and I got to talk to Mike Smith as part of our draft coverage. We'll go over some of the highlights there. And, of course, we look ahead to free agency which is wednesday we'll have special free agent coverage during oilers now with bob stoffer on wednesday and we're going to start that show a little early bob will kick it off at 11 a.m instead of noon so i hope you can join us for that okay so yeah here's the deal here's the deal and and i i want to reflect on this a little bit and and i of course i'm I'm happy to know what any of you think if you want to chime in tonight you can do that by calling the certainty hotline certainty professional grade building materials 780-496-0063 that is also the number to text you can get me on twitter at reed wilkins r-e-i-d-w-i-l-k-i-n-s and the email is inside sports at 630ched.com you have heard me harp on it for several weeks And you've heard the hockey world harp on it for, well, over a century, pretty much. But it just continues to be such a point of emphasis in the game of hockey, in the NHL. You got to have a goaltender. You got to have a goaltender. You got to have a goaltender who can be there year after year after year if you want to be a true Stanley Cup contender. That is what the Oilers are trying to be. They are not there yet. Now, for the last couple of years, goaltending has not been a weakness for the Oilers. During the uh, decade of darkness and the couple of years they missed the playoffs after they got in, in 17, the goaltending wasn't great. Mike Smith has been a pretty good goalie through two years. Miko Koskinen has been sometimes a good goalie and sometimes not a very good goalie. But Mike Smith has played more and uh, generally been pretty good. We'll see what he can do coming back here for another couple of years. But... One of the many things that I identify as if the Oilers want to really take advantage of the next few years here with McDavid and Dreisaitl, if they really want to take advantage of it and stay a contending team for a long time, well, you need that goaltender who is going to be able to do the job time after time after time. And it's tough. It's a, you know, it's a position in which you can have a 918 save percentage and you're awesome. And in the next year, maybe you go down to 909 and people are thinking you're washed up and then you can get up to 920 again the next year but the really good guys their bad years aren't that bad they're they're probably still an average or slightly above average goaltender even if they have an off year by their own standards so i was really intrigued to see what the Oilers would do if they had the opportunity to draft a goaltender in the first round now here's the thing i did not think they would i thought jesper wallstead out of sweden and i thought sebastian Kosa from the edmonton oil kings would be gone by the 20th overall pick 
but they both hung on the board longer than I thought they would. Kosa finally taken by Detroit at 15, so he bucked the expectation that Wallstead might be the first guy to go. And then Wallstead is there for the Oilers. And they get an offer from the Minnesota Wild, and they drop back a couple of spots to 22, and they get the 90th overall pick in the third round. Okay, you know what? On paper, it makes sense. You're only dropping back two spots. You're likely still getting somebody you liked in that range, and you're adding a third-round pick. And we're going to talk about that guy they uh, selected, Luca Munzenberger, out of Germany, who's uh, going to the University of Vermont. But, and the big but for me, and the big risk here is not taking Jesper Wallstedt, who's a really good prospect and could be. I mean, we, we may not know for five years. We may not know for seven years until, you know, maybe he actually plays for a few years. But but maybe that goaltender who could, heck, from the ages of 22 to 23 till his early 30s, be the franchise goalie. And look, the Oilers obviously watch these guys they have professional scouts doing it. A lot of this for me is watching highlights and, and reading what other people say, but a lot of people said some really good things about Wallstedt and about Kosa. And maybe the Oilers would have taken Kosa if he would have been the goalie there. But the reason if, if I'm the one making the pick that I take Wallstedt is because of everything I've just said about goaltending being the most important position on the ice. And if you don't have it, it can be the biggest weakness on the team. You can have all the other things, you can have you can score three or four goals a game, but if your guy just can't make a save at the big time in the game, you're not going to go very far, and you're certainly not going to win the Stanley Cup. And I also look at it this way. They took Xavier Borgo in the first round, who by most accounts is a very good player with some pretty decent potential uh, to be a, a pretty good forward in the National Hockey League. Obviously not a star forward if you're getting him at 22, but maybe he can be a really good forward. Yeah, he has things to work on. Yeah, he's going to play another year in junior hockey. Then he's probably going to be a Bakersfield condo for a year or two. But hey, maybe three or four years from now, he's fitting in. We'll see. But to me, the high end, if I'm going to put this in baseball terms for Xavier Borgo, is that you hit a really strong double to the gap. And that's good. You need doubles. Doubles are important. They help move runners along. And then the guy who hits the doubles in scoring position. Doubles are good. But if Jesper Wallstedt turns out to be great, you've hit a home run because you need the goalie. So risk with both players. To me, the reward was much higher with Wallstedt. And that's why if it's me picking the pick, I would have gone with him. But hey, it wasn't me making the pick. It was the Oilers brass led by Tyler Wright, the director of amateur scouting. And he was uh, asked about weighing Borgo versus Wallstedt there. Well, both good young prospects for sure. Um, At the end of the day, you know, somebody asked me in a media scrum after, you know, is it fair to say you guys were totally against drafting a goalie? No. Not at all. You, you know, me and Askarov last year was in our mix at, at 14. Uh, were we against drafting a goalie at, at, at 19? Absolutely not. Were we, were we against a goalie at 21 when you go back two spots? Uh, no. We're, we're not opposed to it. Um, we just we we ranked these guys and we had a cluster of guys and we ended up getting a you know a pick out of it you mean you know how hard it is that you know a trade deadline you're you're trading picks away for nhl players um 
you know, they're still assets. So we decided that, you know, we had a cluster of three guys. We were going to go back two spots. We were willing to, to roll that dice. I mean, obviously, the, the microscope is going to be on the development of, of you know, Borgo and the development of Wallstep. But, I mean, we, we, we thought that, you know, with the cluster of guys that we had, that we were going to get a really good player that we were comfortable with at 19, that we're still going to get at 21, and we rolled that dice. All right, so that's Tyler Wright, the director of amateur scouting for the Oilers. So he says they weren't against taking a goalie there. You know, Stoff and I talked about it on the weekend. Stoff thinks they would have taken Kosa. They obviously didn't like Wallstead uh, as much, and, and they seem to think that taking a forward, probably with second-line potential at best, was better than taking a goaltender with franchise goalie potential. Now... I wouldn't have gone that way, but perhaps they thought the the odds were slim that Wallstead was going to be a franchise goalie, even though a lot of things suggest that. Heck, McKean's had him ranked as the fifth best player in the draft. So the Oilers don't go in that direction, and we're going to see what else they do with the goaltender. Somebody's writing in about Darcy Kemper. Maybe that's a target for Edmonton. Seems like the Leafs are trying to pursue that as well. 780-496-0063. Robert is on the line. Robert, go ahead, man. Hey, Reed, How you doing? Doing quite well. Uh, I think, uh, I guess the I think the Oilers were looking at it simply as uh, simply as I think that I think they felt Kosa was the better of the two goalies in the draft. That's why that's that's why after uh, Detroit traded up and took him at 15, I think that's why the Oilers passed on Wallstead. My reason being is I think because the Oilers would have had a much a much better opportunity to look at Kosa with him playing here with the Oil Kings. I wonder what you think about that. Well, I think they saw Kosa a lot. I mean, absolutely, they saw Kosa a lot. And, he, I mean, we all know his record, 17-1-1. He's a big, like, he's actually bigger than Wallstead. He's 6'6". Wallstead's about 6'3". They both take up a lot of net. So, yeah, I mean, I, they probably would have taken Kosa if he was the goalie there. Um, obviously, uh, Detroit liked him more. And, and other teams had opportunities at goaltenders as well. And as Bob and I were going through it Friday, uh I mean, Bob did a very good job laying out which teams might want a goalie and which might not. Nashville took Askaroff last year, for example. Um, yeah, so, I mean, that's just what it comes down to. They they obviously viewed Wallstead and didn't think he was the guy. They they obviously think that the his potential to become a number one goalie is smaller than the potential of Xavier Borgo or whoever else they had there to become a, a pretty good NHL forward. I mean, that's that pretty much sums it up. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know, Robert, like I said, I, I, it's not like I've seen Wallstead play a ton of games. Like, you know, we read about him, we, we see the clips. I just know what I read about him. He was pretty highly thought of. Yeah, well, yeah, but I mean, I think it's, uh, I think, I think the Oilers are feeling also at the same time, well, okay, Colas is not there. We've seen him more. Wallstead, we haven't seen a lot. So, Close is gone, so so we're so we're you know we're thinking about bringing back Smith. We still have Koskin in here. Maybe the Oilers are thinking, okay, we re, we uh, we re-sign Smith, and then if we can, and, and then with Koskin, and if if we're not able to trade him or or buy him out, because I'm pretty sure this this year coming up is uh, the final year of 
Koskinen's contract. And if it is, I'm, I'm thinking the Oilers are probably thinking along the lines, okay, with Koskinen, if we can't trade him or buy him out, we'll just we'll just we'll just uh, we'll just ride out the final year and then we'll and we'll let him walk. Right. But yeah. But but yeah. I guess I uh, I think that's and uh, you know and I have. Oh, I mean, I'm, I'm, I mean, obviously, I didn't watch, didn't watch much, if any, if any of the uh, Quebec League this year. But I mean, but uh, based on the, based on the clips that I saw of him on TV, I think he's, de- he's definitely, he's definitely got potential. Will he? Oh, be, sure, uh, poor goal you're talking about, because we lost you there he, for a second. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, but yeah, but but but, but yeah, no, he's got, he's, right. uh, he's got some, he's got some potential. I think he's at least. Uh, Two to two to three years away, but anyway, I'll, oh, sure. I'll leave it at that. But yeah, I'll leave it at that. Thanks, Reed. thank you. Yeah, thank you, Rob. Yeah, anybody in that range, uh, I mean, you got to be patient with for sure. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. I'll tell you what, I'm getting a few texts here about the goalie situation. Uh, I'm enjoying hearing what people are, are, are saying, so uh, we will uh, we will discuss some of those texts. I have some clips from some of the draft picks, and there there, there is one side to this guys and gals that I want to point out. I mean, we're going to analyze the the picks and what could have they done? What's this player going to become? I also just want to stress tonight for everybody. I, I hope as, as we go through the show, and I know you, most of you are hardcore Oilers fans and you want the team to be better and, and all that kind of stuff. I, I also just want to keep this in your minds when you hear from some of these guys talking, because I want to play some Borgo. I uh, have some uh, Munzenberger I want to get to. Got Jake Chase on as well. Just listen to the joy when they're talking. I mean, I think you got to remember that. You know, as they progress, they're going to become professionals. They're going to have high standards to meet. Their games are going to be picked apart. But my, oh, my, just take a second when you're listening to some things as we go along to soak in the joy of just these kids actually getting drafted into the NHL. I personally appreciate that, and it kind of brings a smile to my face. Okay, I got to call a quick timeout here, everybody. Stick around at 619. Jeff Leppard on a Monday night and a Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday. You can text 780-496-0063. We're going over some of the Oilers' draft decisions, starting with, well, really, I mean, the big decision was the first round. So Jesper Wallstedt's there, the goalie out of Sweden, trade down a couple spots, and uh, you take Xavier Borgo, and you get a 90th overall pick. And somebody texted in saying, like, hey, you know, they, they added an extra pick. What's wrong with that? Fair comment. Uh, Dale says Mike Smith will be retired before this goalie is ready to start. And another texter says, what do you think about Ilya Konovalov? Do you think he played a part in the pick? Okay, I, I'm going to kind of group those two messages together because it talks about the goalies in the Oilers system. And, yes, they have Stuart Skinner, who – did get into an NHL game this year, and good for him. He got the win, and, and maybe he's going to be the guy someday. I shouldn't say I'm discounting the guys in the system. It's just that a first-rounder is a first-rounder. Odds are you should be better. Uh, you know, Dylan Wells has now gone to Carolina. Olivier Rodrigue is still in the system as well. And Il- speaking of Ilya Konovalov, he's an interesting one to me. He's older. He's already 23. Uh, he was drafted in, in 2019, so he was drafted uh, 
was he almost he was almost 21 when he got drafted he was in his he was 20 when he actually got drafted um so he's got outstanding stats in the KHL this past season he only played 19 games but he had a 923 save percentage the previous year 1920 he had a 920 save percentage in 40 games how about this in 1819 Ilya Konovalov had a 930 save percentage in 45 games with Yaroslav Lokomotiv and he had a 1.89 goals against average now I do want to say that goaltending numbers in the KHL tend to be a little inflated and you know who else had awesome goalie numbers in the KHL Miko Koskinen so I don't know Ilya Konovalov may have played a part in this but it's hard to, for me to say how good he is till I see him play North American games. And I know the KHL is, is a good league and there's a lot of great players, but it's not the NHL. So I don't know how those numbers are going to translate. And maybe they see one of their current goal. Maybe they think we have enough goalies in the system. And by the time, you know, Smith is done in a couple of years, one of those guys is ready, or maybe there's a move coming for somebody else. I mean, we've talked about Darcy Kemper, could the Oilers get him? And he's the bridge between whoever the goalie of the future is. Mark says, Reed, when it comes to rating Swedish players, I don't know how fans can question Ken Holland. I'm sure Holland reached out to multiple contacts in Sweden to get a feel for this type of potential or for the type of potential Wallstedt has. Lidstrom lives down the street from Wallstedt, and I'm sure he and Holland had a few conversations about the kid. Don says, read David Stables on the Cult of Hockey podcast made reference to a scout or insider reporting that the goalie had character issues that the general public may not have seen due to the year that was. Don't know what to make of that, but he put it out there. Okay, well, fair enough. We'll put it out there. Uh, Craig says, uh, Wright, uh, Tyler Wright still isn't really saying why they didn't take the goalie. I thought they would take him for sure unless they liked Skinner and they wanted another pick. Yeah, perhaps it's that simple. And Dion simply says, absolute insanity to pass on Wallstead, golden opportunity thrown away. This is an interesting one. I think this one will be uh, analyzed quite a bit in the years to come because eventually we're going to find out what kind of a goalie Jesper Wallstead becomes. And even if Borgo is really good, as I've said a million times, you need that goalie. Goalie can trump all. talking about love no we're talking about inside sports thanks a lot for tuning in tonight we got this uh well we had it on our website last week you could vote for the elks all-time roster and we'll unveil two positions a night here monday through thursday so we're going to do d-line and special teams later on tonight morley scott's also going to have the update from training camp I want to both talk about Elks training camp and Calgary Stampeders training camp because a gentleman by the name of Calvin McCarty is now with the Calgary Stampeders. You may remember hearing him on this show several weeks ago talking about being retired. Well, Calvin McCarty comes out of retirement and joins Edmonton's arch rival. What a story. Morley will fill us in on that as well. Team had a scrimmage yesterday. I think some of it maybe didn't go so good, but Morley will have the story there. 780 496 0063. 
Yakashev, who is a very well-rounded texter, often amusing, sometimes analytical, never dull. He says, so the amateur scout said a goalie was in the mix last year at the draft, but I guess not this year. Has the goaltending situation improved since last year? Sorry, rhetorical. They think a goalie was too much of a gamble. Is there another goalie that the Oilers can acquire that isn't going to be a gamble just as much as Wallstedt would have been? Maybe they should have signed Smith for five years. That makes about as much sense as the other deals they have made. Yakushev unhappy with the decision to pass on Wallstedt. Uh, but I, but uh, I understand what you're saying. So, sure, Wallstedt, is he a gamble? Yes. Is uh, not having a franchise goalie for the next 15 years a gamble? Yes. Now, look, I, I get there are prospects. Goaltending isn't absolutely everything, but it's really, really darn important. I mean, I still think in a city that has, uh, you know, Connor McDavid and Leon and Dreisaitl on the roster, that and in, in, in a league that has all these great players, Nathan McKinnon, Kale McCarr, Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. If, if I'm starting a team from scratch, I guess that would have to be an expansion team, and I could get a franchise goalie in or near his prime, I would take that guy because all of a sudden you got the backstop, you got the safety net, and, the, and then you can go from there. Mm-hmm. What else did I want to get to here? There's another text I wanted to read. Former D-man Mark. Always opinionated. Always talkative. Never boring. He says, good evening, Reed. In regard to filling out our decor, Larson was a good stay-at-home shutdown defenseman. He came with little offensive upside. $4 million, probably what he was worth. We don't have to spend anywhere near that to replace his defensive prowess. I would argue that we should be looking at signing Travis Hamanick or someone in his skill set. That would be max $1.25 million per year. Getting him done at that price point will allow the Oilers to get Barry done at more money for less term. He could be 4.5 to 5, but you could do 2 at 5.5. I don't want Barry uh, signing to... I don't want a Barry signing to affect Bouchard's new contract two years from now. I'd go hard on Barry for two years. If not, I'd circle to Alex Goligoski. He's older, and I imagine at this point has no illusions about signing a long-term deal. That is from former D-man Mark. Okay. Yeah, interesting debate, isn't it? Uh, 7804960060. Stafford did a really good job today going through some right uh, right defensemen who could be possibilities. He did have Hamannick on the list. Uh, keep hearing about this Yanni Hockenpah, who uh, I you know I get one of those guys I don't know a lot about, but perhaps a player who's cheaper. Yeah, I mean here's the thing, Larson. Who and generally I liked how Larson played. His his time in Edmonton is certainly heavily impacted by by the loss of his father i mean i think that's probably impacted him on the ice at least at some point don't don't remember the first year of that trade as much as that trade still gets mocked and people in others hockey markets make fun of hall for larson the first year of that trade like rob and i had people writing in after games saying like well i guess it's the adam larson trade not the taylor hall trade like he's you know what I mean? So you, you kind of got to let it play out. We, we knew that Larson was never going to be like a, a home run hitter like Hall. I mean, to me, even 
I, I know it's tough to talk about in, in to Oilers fans because it's such an emotional thing. But I think purely just from an objective standpoint, that's one of the most fascinating trades I've seen because it was offense for defense. It was like a, a, a team that was, you know, Taylor Hall was supposed to be the building block here in Edmonton, and then they, they don't get any better, and then they get McDavid, and then he gets traded. And then even though he wins an MVP with New Jersey, he doesn't have a lot of playoff success, nor did the Oilers, but neither did Hall personally, and he winds up going around to all these different teams. Like, it's just, to me, it's, it's, it's wild how it played out. Anyway. That's uh, that's a story for the book. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Harry is on the line. Hello, Harry. How's it going? Uh, not too bad. Read you. I'm doing well. Let me just that one comment and then one question. I want to put you on the spot for. Sure. So, do you remember back when uh, Forsberg was claimed by Carolina earlier in the season? Um, I don't know. If oh, you remember, I thought but... Forsberg. Yes, of course. Yeah, yeah. And then afterwards, um, sorry, what's Sorry, Harry, we're losing you. Kellen, can you check that connection? We'll see if we can get Harry back on the line there. We just uh, we just lost him for a split second. Uh, Dale in Fort McMurray says Holland is hoping is hoping the Oilers are positioned well come trade deadline and pull off a blockbuster deal for a major goaltender score like a Montreal falls apart and everything is doom and gloom. Maybe Price will be looking westward. Dale adds an LOL, however. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, look, we're t- the, the roster's never finished. It, it's just the the players that are acquired in the summer here, you expect to be important parts of the team for a long time. I mean, it looks like Zach Hyman's uh, going to be on the team. I guess we'll get probably get that officially on Wednesday. Okay, Harry, let's try again. You sort of cut out yeah. just as after you mentioned Forsberg. So we might as well just start over, actually. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so the name of the goalie that we trade or that got picked up by Detroit, uh, not in the draft, but uh, who left Carolina. Oh, that Najelkovic. Yeah, Najelkovic. Thanks a lot. Who's supposed so, who might be really good? Yeah. Yeah. So do you remember when Forsberg was claimed by us? Eventually, they put they put that guy back on uh, waivers, and the thing that kind of stuck with me was, you know, if it was me, and obviously I'm not the GM, but I. Kind of, I thought he would, might have been a good pickup for us. It was on waivers, and now you kind of take a look. You kind of see how the guy performed. I think he performed pretty darn good. But when you talk about the situation with the trade, I was kind of mixed emotions too. I like the guys that they've picked up, but I somehow still think that we've missed out. We've been without, you know, a Grant Fuhr quality or a Ranford quality, a Mo quality premier goalie for so long, and. The guys that we have, although, I mean, I know Skinner's been playing lights out down in uh, Bakersfield, but there's still unproven talents at the NHL level. Sure. And same with Kosa, but, I mean, the thing I kind of liked about Kosa was he kind of reminded me of a, a junior Mike Smith. I mean, if, if Puck Petey and all those guys could add a swagger quotient to their uh, their metrics, I think it'd be kind of cool. Um, so that was kind of my <laughs> two bits on that, but I wanted to put you on the spot now because I, I don't think I've heard you give an opinion or maybe I'm not listening enough, but... We're going to make you GM now. And out of the remaining goalies, who do you pick? Out of the other guys who were drafted? No, no. The guys who are available as UFAs. Oh, just the UFA goalies. I got to double check the list. I I mean, Kemper has a year left, right? Yeah. So he's intriguing to me. 
Uh, I got to double check the UFA goalies because I don't have Stoffer's memory. Let me just quickly do a search here. Okay. Is there anybody particular you wanted me to comment on? Oh, Mark. Oh, man. That's a really... <laughs> okay, <right? laughs> That's an amazing yeah. question. Um, I think he, I just looking up, he had a 917 last year. Was that which Kemper is not or, bad uh, on a Homer. rotten team. Oh, yeah, Ulmer. Yeah, yeah. Or, you could say that about both of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I probably prefer Mrazek, though I know he didn't play a ton. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm looking at the list. Like, Rask, you're not getting. Anderson. No. Dubnik, I mean, I mean, if Dubnik you'd get as a backup, but you don't don't need a backup so much. Uh, Do you think Brubauer is going to be in play though? Because I thought I saw tweets tonight that I I thought I saw someone tweeting tonight that they're getting close with Grubauer. Ah, okay. I thought they were kind Uh, of in doubt. Now we got to find it. (sighs) Yeah, Hutton's out there. I mean, Hutton didn't have a good year. Riddick is with the Leafs. Saunders, Nielsen, we've seen already. Allmark, Kalak. I don't mind the last guy. I'd like that you asked that question. Uh, I would, I would take Mrazek over Allmark. What about you? Interesting. I would probably. I mean, because everything's just based on me watching YouTube highlights and stuff. But I might probably put my money on Allmark. To be honest with you, I just the way that guy hung in on saves. Like the the thing that I like about goalies, you take a look at uh, Carey Price. Take a look at some of the goalies that went for. And the common thing with him, in my opinion, is. They don't quit on plays. Like, no matter how right. acrobatic they have to be, they just don't give up. And that's one thing. You watch some of the, the doozies that Allmark had let, let in last year because he was out of position. Yeah. I don't know where the hell he came from, but he came back and he made saves. And that's just something we seem to lack. We just lack that kind of take it from the, you know, the jaws of defeat and grab that puck out of its mouth so it doesn't go in. So let me ask you something here. I'm going to put you on the spot. And I, I appreciate that question. That's a good one because I hadn't thought about it that, quite in that specific way, like you said. Are we, is Mike Smith being disrespected to some extent? Maybe not by you or me, but in some of the discussion? I mean, it's. I'm, I'm glad you asked that question. So I'm going to extend that question to Duncan Keith as well. I don't mean to open a can of worms. Everybody right. has their opinion on it. I won't touch the cap stuff but i think the one thing that us as normal individuals don't understand is what it takes to be in peak condition for an athlete especially at their age to be in peak condition and to be able to compete the way they do i totally respect that and at the same time you know you think about people who go out on crazy long i don't care whatever you want to call it go on long bike rides they climb mount everest whatever it takes a certain mental or mindset to be able to do that kind of thing and whenever you think about mike smith i don't know but i just see fire in the guy's eyes i see fire and determination and when you saw i think did you do the interview with duncan keith on zoom or maybe it was somebody else i can't remember who but duncan keith when he was sitting in his house i think in Kelowna, and you know it was clear that he was aware of some of the comments that were being made by our fans and whatnot but you just saw that he was like, bring it, man. I'm not going to bring it to game one of the regular season. I'm yeah. going to bring it to that first practice, and I'm going to show you what it's like. So No, no you're would, right. I would double my bet on both of those players. Anytime. Yeah, you're right. And, and like, and that's the thing. And, like, look, if, if you've been listening to me, you know I've 
Like I, to me, I've laid out the pros and the cons of the Keith yep. acquisition to the point that some, I, I've actually had some people complain that I, that I'm disrespecting Keith, but I, I don't think I am. I'm just saying we have to be aware of the risks. I'm not saying that the worst case scenario is going to come true, but yep. you do make a good point that 38, 39 is not what it was in Rob Brown's era when guys smoked and had to retire when they were 30 because or they couldn't get their knees repaired or whatever and yeah i think there is that i'm gonna stick it to you like i'm gonna be in such amazing condition that i'm gonna look like i'm 24 so yeah i mean at some point mike smith's not gonna be able to play goal but he didn't look like he didn't look that way this past year i mean he went he only had he Mm -hmm. only lost six games for a reason right (laughs) could i can i make one more comment on that though let's think about one thing so during covid a lot of us still were able to hang out with our families you, you got a bad day at work you come home you're coming home to your family and so the interesting aspect to this for me because some of this came up with talbot when he had twins and people thought oh man your game mm-hmm. just totally disintegrated when you had to take care of those twins but i look at things this way so these guys smith and keith i mean you, they couldn't see their family last year all of us are going home we're having a good time with our family eventually we were able to see our friends but now you're talking about a couple of guys who not only are charged up and in good shape but they get to go home to their families at the end of the day and i don't think people quite estimate or 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 considered what ramifications that has on them as well like i think we're going to see smith like whatever number of games he plays i think he's going to be lights out again i just think he's so charged up i think keith is going to have that ability to dart off to to bc if he wants or if his kids come up here for school i don't know what the situation is but he's got that ability to hop a province quickly and see his family whenever he wants i think that that's a little a little factor an x factor that none of us have really thought through here i'm glad you brought that up thanks a lot for calling and that's a perfect segue into a clip i wanted to play from smith's availability on saturday and uh he talked about being away from his family this past season being away from your family for that long is is not ideal um i think probably i'm not the only one that had to do it and i'm sure there's other professions that have to do it also so um there's obviously no poor me but it was uh you know it was a difficult situation you know for my wife and the kids and and so be it but um they were in a good place here in Kelowna. they were in a school that was you know open all year round um they were playing hockey so it was fairly normal you know normal life here in Kelowna. so it made it a little bit easier in the aspect of I knew kind of they were all good and I was just kind of looking after what I needed to look after. Um, but saying that, you know, I, the day I got home from uh, after we got eliminated this year, I told, you know, we kind of had a family meeting and I told the kids and that, uh, you know, dad wouldn't be away for that long a period of time ever again. So I think I'll, we'll definitely be back in Edmonton as a family this year and uh, the kids will be excited about, you know, being able to see some games, hopefully, and be around the guys again, and uh, and uh, hopefully, you know, join in the excitement of uh, you know of a team that you know should have a really good year. All right, interesting perspective on family life there from Mike Smith. It's six fifty. Timeout. Inside Sports on Chet.
Here's the plan from Eagles Larry on the text line. He says, buy out Koskinen, stay locked and be the backup. Keep Neal, put him in a third line with Nuge. Get another left winger besides Hyman. Sign Barry and Hamannick, trade Bear, and we are done. That's the plan from Eagles Larry. Scott in Calgary says, hey, Reed, I would have liked the goalie in the draft. I really wanted Kosa, but I think what a lot of fans are missing is Holland has not only more experience at this, but he has an eye on the future where he will need players like Borgo. Plus, we don't know what his plan going forward on improving goaltending is through free agency and trades. I also think he's aware in the playoffs we're going to need a different sort of player that we don't currently have enough of at the moment. couple of texts, 780-496-0063. 116th overall in the fourth round, the Oilers took right winger Jake, uh, Jake Chason out of Brandon in the Western Hockey League. I asked him about a very unusual WHL season. Yeah, for me, I think we're pretty aware by the end of the summer what our season was going to look like. Uh, we had really good communication with Brandon, which thankfully allowed me to allowed me to stay focused. And uh, I was uh, practicing with the Chilliwack Chiefs Junior A team uh, out here, where uh, close to my hometown of Abbotsford. And yeah, they pretty much were communicating with Brandon, allowing me to be on the ice as, as much as I could. And when I got to Brandon, it was it was all go ahead. Um, uh, had the guys around me support me and and really kind of handle my stress a bit with with the draft and I had the best guys around me and Brandon and I can't say enough about the coaching staff and team there that uh, supported me through this uh, journey and and through my first few years in Brandon. So I'll ask you this one: uh, What? How would you describe yourself as a player? And what are the next steps for you? That if we talk maybe a year from now, you were to say like, "Oh yeah, I, I really improved in that area." Yeah, for sure. I, I am definitely a, a two-way forward with offensive upside. Uh, I'm a playmaking guy and I like to play with shooters. Uh, I feel I have a good sense of vision and passing ability. Uh, as I continue to kind of grow into my frame, I've put on a couple pounds here since the end of the season and maybe what uh, central scouting had me weighing in at. Uh, so I'd like to continue to work uh, my power forward game, uh, improve my skating and my physical play in the next uh uh, coming season here and hopefully find improvement there and, and keep working until I'm comfortable where my game's at and uh, gives me the best opportunity to make the jump to the National Hockey League. Who's a player or two you grew up watching and have said, I really like that guy or I'd love to be like that guy? Yeah, I, I love to pull pieces of uh, Elias Lindholm's game. Uh, I feel he's really good, uh, has some of the best vision in the league and uh, he's a guy that I think can uh, create offensive chances for his teammates but doesn't shy away from scoring the goals either. Uh, he takes care of both his ends well, and and I mean, every given night he's uh, one of the hardest working guys on the ice, and that's something that I strive to be. Uh, given uh, the, the whole interview process, um, I mean, did you get the sense the Oilers were very interested, moderately interested? <laughs> I mean, did, did you think maybe they were leaning towards grabbing you if they could? Yeah, you know what? Um, I felt a couple teams, uh, Oilers being one of them, I, I had uh, an eye on for a possibility of ending up there. Uh, obviously just great some great talks with them and uh, through the whole process there's a couple teams that that uh, had interest of maybe a bit more than others and I was always comfortable and uh, talking to the Oilers and confident with uh, what they thought of me and you know it's just a huge honor to be given that opportunity and there's a lot of kids out there who would love to go through the same uh, the same thing that I'm going through right now so I never take it for granted and I'm just uh, so happy and honored to be selected by the Oilers. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.